Welcome to the South Carolina State Library's podcast, Library Voices SC. I'm Curtis Rogers, Communications Director, and today I'm pleased to have with us Steve Cook. Steve is an assistive technology consultant with the South Carolina Commission for the Blind. Steve chaired the planning committee for the 2009, 2010, and 2014 Assistive Technology Expos here in South Carolina, which brought together disability coordinators from colleges, tech schools, and universities across the state. Steve and his wife both have guide dogs and a dachshund, so that's, that's a nice way to blend, blend out your, uh, your, your animal population there. Um, so welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. So um, we have a staff member, uh, Caitlin Hodges. She works in our Talking Book Services Department, and she had an idea for uh, some podcast episodes to talk about assistive technology and what um, not only what we do here with our Talking Book Services Department, uh, which provides talking books to um, blind or visually impaired or physically handicapped Uh, people across the state, but also to talk about assistive technology in general. And so today we've invited Steve Cook, and um, we're just going to talk a little bit about assistive technology in South Carolina. So what led you to working in the assistive technology field? In the late 90s, I was uh, working in a manufacturing job, and unfortunately, due to layoffs and my vision getting worse, I went back to the Commission for the Blind to learn about computers and JAWS, mm-hmm. which stands for Job Access with Job Access with Speech. It's a screen reader that reads the material to me on the screen, and from there I learned about all the different digital book players, mm-hmm. the different CCTVs, the magnification programs, and. Eventually, as I got a smartphone, which is my iPhone that I cannot live without now. It is amazing. I think anyone who has one, they can't live without. (laughs) Exactly. It's amazing what I can do on my phone through the different apps that are free or at very low cost, depending on your needs. Mm -hmm. But assistive technology is a must, especially for my wife and I. We order our groceries through the Walmart grocery app and then we take a Uber or Lyft and pick them up and come back home all done through our phone which is assistive technology we get a piece of mail in we can read it on our Windows laptop with our Perl and open book scanning software or on our phone barcode readers I go get go to get a can good out of the cabinet I want to make sure if I'm making chili bean chili, it's uh, beans instead of corn. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I got a barcode app that I can read it with, so it it's beautiful. I can send and receive email. And the one good thing about the Apple iPhones is, even if you have a sighted friend that has an Apple iPhone, mm-hmm. you can pick that up and turn on voiceover and use it just like they can. Really? And that's the wonderful part about the Apple iPhones is they, every iPhone comes with built-in accessibility. And a lot of your products nowadays are coming with that built-in accessibility that really helps out the blind and visually impaired. Look at your Alexa devices, your Google devices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
your GPS units on the road, your phones, your GPS units on your phone. I mean, it's all coming with voice input, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And on my iPhone, I'm not a fast typer there. So I'll use the dictation feature mm -hmm. when, you know, I'm in an area by, by myself mm -hmm. or around my family anyway, I use the dictation feature. But assistive technology is wonderful. It can get me from point A to B and back to A. <laughs> but one of my most favorite apps is BARD. Hmm. And I read on Facebook this morning while waiting to come to work is today is the 10th anniversary of BARD when it was released to the public. Oh, really? So happy birthday, BARD. <laughs> <laughs> and for the folks who might not know, what is BARD? BARD is Braille and Audio Reading Download. For those of us that enjoy reading and don't want to wait on snail mail to deliver books from the great service, Talking Book Services, we can actually go to the BARD app and download our favorite author's books and read them immediately on our iPhone. Or if you don't have an iPhone, you still have the NLS player, you can download it through the web through a cartridge, to a cartridge I should say, or a thumb drive and listen to it on your talking book player at home instead of waiting on the mail to bring you your favorite book. Mm -hmm. You know, it, all of the things that you've been mentioning, did you ever think you would get to, or we as a society would get to a point with our technology that would, you know, be so helpful with the inclusion of assistive technology? I really thought at some point we would get there, but the advancement, the way it's moving so fast mm -hmm. is also helping the blind and visually impaired as well. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's coming from a lot of the advocate groups like the National Federation of the Blind that helps push for equal rights to technology, books, especially for kids in school. Mm -hmm. But just think where we are now with technology, what is it gonna look like in the next five to 10 years? It, it, well, if you think about it, what's it gonna look like in the next six months? You know, that, the, I mean, these changes come so rapidly nowadays. That is so true. I've got friends in the IT field and they say, and I believe them, you buy a computer and take it home in a month or sooner, it's already out of date because there's something new there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just advancing so fast. Yeah, it really, it really, the, the rapid pace of change is just kind of mind-boggling. So tell us a little bit about um, web accessibility, because you're a part of the Web Accessibility Committee here in South Carolina, so what's all that about? What we do as the Web Accessibility Committee, we are a group of volunteers. We do not get paid for this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we do it under the kindness of our hearts, and it's a group of us that state organizations or any organization that would like our web accessibility committee to take a look at their website for accessibility for screen readers for magnifiers for people that have uh, seizures and any other disability we have people that specialize in those fields and we evaluate the website and give feedback to the person that requested it. Mm. What what you need to do to make your site accessible. Mm -hmm. And an accessible site will bring more traffic to you. Mm. It, it, I mean, the, the way that 
it all operates is is fascinating. How do you, how often do you all do you meet physically as a um, a committee and and what kind of issues do you have to grapple with? Sometimes we meet as a committee via conference call, or maybe once a year in person, mm-hmm. where we'll meet at uh, depending on where the person is hosting it. But uh, we look at you know the headings the graphics the pictures images make sure those are labeled mm-hmm. for a blind and visually impaired person or if a person uses a uh, magnification they may want white text on a black background mm-hmm. or you know a normal or some other color text with a dark background mm-hmm. it just depends on a person's needs on what they will uh, wants and how we can evaluate the site um, our, our, I'm trying to phrase this correctly, but so let's say there's a student at the university who, and they want to, they're either in computer um, science or, or something that's going to lead them to want to be a web administrator or a webmaster. Are they taught, you know, what kind of ADA requirements there might be for web accessibility uh, for the visually impaired, or is that something they would have to just learn on their own? It will depend on the school. In most cases, I'm sure they have different websites that they can go to to look for uh, different criteria on a set on how to set their site up for ADA compliant. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm sure at some point during their school, they do encounter that. Because mm-hmm. it certainly, I mean, if especially you know if. Um, if a, a, a company wants to be able to, you know, uh, get ed- anyone to be able to uh, visit their website and get all the information there, they're going to want to be up on that kind of website accessibility. So do you, have you found um, in your experience that um, certain sites are better than the others if they use a certain software or if they, you know, have maybe more uh, website staff or? That's a good question. Most of your websites nowadays are looking better and better as far as uh, being compliant. And in some cases, it depends on the staff they have with their webmaster. And And in rare occasions now, some people just don't know. They didn't think about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They didn't think about accessibility on the front end, and then they have to build it in on the back end. Mm-hmm. But in some cases, if you get in touch with people with a website or even apps, a lot of people are very accepting. And what can I do to make this accessible for you? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know in some cases on the apps for the iPhone, one version may not be accessible, but you write to the developer and you ask him, you know, I use VoiceOver and I would like for you to make your app accessible mm-hmm. and give them some information on where to go to make their apps accessible. Mm. And then the next version comes out and it works just fine. Mm. Or in rare occasions, it works just fine, then <laughs> an update and something is broke. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, yeah, in fact, I was just... I do a lot of our social media here, and uh, we were talking at a recent meeting that now with hashtags, screen readers 
can read them better if the person who's creating the hashtag remembers to capitalize individual words that are within the hashtag. So if it's, you know, uh, fun and games, or the hashtag is fun and games, if you capitalize the F and the A and the G in the fun and games, then that actually gets read better. That is exactly right. With screen readers, it recognizes the capital letter as a new word. Mm-hmm. And so it does exactly like you say, fun and games. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think a lot of people, you know, you, you really have to keep up on this because like we've already mentioned, it, it changes constantly. Um, are there any other kinds of new developments with, um, with web accessibility folks should know about? At this time, I'm not aware of any. I periodically will go and read, uh, or Google, I should say, uh, web accessibility and see what comes up mm-hmm. and just to try to keep fresh with it. But uh, at this time, I'm not aware of any. Are there any kind of maybe publications or organizations that um, you know post either in blog or newsletter form any kind of updates? WC3 is a good resource that we use a lot. Okay, WC3. What is that organization? That is an organization that uh, keeps on top of the publications for ADA compliant with uh, websites and gives you tips and other resources there as well. Okay, great. I'll, I'll find a link to that and we'll include that in the links on our podcast page. And we will also have links to the Uh, South Carolina Commission for the Blind and the uh, National Federation of the Blind of South Carolina. And while we're talking about National Federation of the Blind, what kind of work do you do with that organization? With the National Federation of the Blind, I'm a member of our Computer Science and Technology Division, which uh, we meet uh, about once a month via phone conference in Mm -hmm. our state convention in August. We meet in person. Mm -hmm. And we talk about different trainings that we have over at the Federation Center of the Blind at 119 South Kilbourne. We try to have at least one a month or every other month depending on availability of the center and interests and topics. And we also promote different technology throughout the state that one of us may find something new. We post it on our social media page if you'd like to search for it. It's computer science and technology division Mm -hmm. and follow us on social media and we post it on there different app tips jaws tips magnification information like that anything pertaining to technology and also in our local chapter here in Columbia I'm the first vice president and I help support our president Tiffany Mitchell in what we do in our Columbia chapter this past Uh, the 18th of April, I should say, we just finished up with our annual barbecue fundraiser we've been having for 66 years now. Oh, wow. And was it successful? We're still (laughs) waiting on the final money to come in to determine how much we cleared, but uh, it's looking good, though. That's great. Um, So how many members uh, does does the chapter have, and from what type of um, organizations are they? What in our chapter itself, we have uh, around 90 to 100 members. Mm-hmm. In state, our statewide organization, we have around 550. Wow. In our uh, state of South Carolina affiliate, 
and in our chapter we like to you know promote the NFB what goes on nationally as well mm -hmm. with the national organization throughout the year we'll have uh, community events in October we have meet the blind month and we do a walk over at Drew Wellness Center mm -hmm. where we give out uh, information pertaining to the NFB and we also meet and greet the public there as well. Mm -hmm. That's actually my gym. I go to Drew Wellness Center. <laughs> uh, they got a nice outside track back there. Oh, they've got, yeah, everything is I, great there. I really enjoy it. Um, okay, so one of the things that I like to ask when we have uh, folks come on the podcast, since this is Library Voices SC and we're here at the South Carolina State Library, um, do you have any kind of interesting library story or uh, have you ever been a big library user and are you a current user of, and you are a current user of our talking book services, but do you have anything interesting you'd like to talk about uh, libraries? I do. Um it's funny you ask that. When I first got signed up for Talking Books in the late 90s, I had never heard of the services before, but I heard about it through the Commission for the Blind. Mm -hmm. And the first book I got on the four-track cassettes was Thinner by Stephen King. Hmm. And I, I was always a Stephen King fan before I started reading his books, but I enjoy reading him, Dean Koontz, James Patterson, a lot of other ones as well and some of my favorite series is the camel club by david baldacci i wish he would continue that series uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and lisa aiken that works here as well mm -hmm. her and i were in a class for a certified public manager mm -hmm. and she mm -hmm. had to come back and substitute uh, some of her classes that she missed as she was going through and i was sitting there and they told her there's an empty seat beside Steve and mm -hmm. we had never met mm -hmm. and I had my guide dog there and she didn't realize I was blind because she come in right as the meeting was starting uh -huh. and she introduced herself as she sat down and I introduced myself and then we you know quit talking until we got a break and uh -huh. then we started talking and that's when she realized I was blind mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, we started talking about talking book services of course and uh -huh. <laughs> uh, all the different books we read and the service as a whole but uh, I really enjoy the service and meeting you know the different staff here as well a couple of years ago with the Commission for the Blind we had an intern that worked here as well mm -hmm. during the summer teen program and I came and helped her and I really got a tour of the facility then that was my first time okay and I really enjoyed it mm -hmm. well we yeah we we have been around for quite a long time and you know I think talking book services is one of our really um, amazing programs that we're able to provide and uh, every other state I'm pretty sure every other state in the union provides talking book services do you are you aware of any maybe that don't I am not aware of any that do not. I see people, I'm a, a group of a blind audio book club on Facebook, mm -hmm. and 99% of the books I've seen them choose on there, they get from Bard. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty sure that, you know, all of the other states have their service as well, and even on Bard, 
I've downloaded books where the local state recorded it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and listened to some of those books as well. And that's one of the nice things we do here. We're fortunate that we have a recording booth here at the State Library as part of our Talking Book Services program. And we have volunteers who audition to um, record books for the program. And then those books, after they're recorded and edited, uh, are uploaded. Some are selected um, by the NLS, the National Library Service, uh, so that they can be included so that other people in other states who are members of their talking book service can also um, read those books. So that's a, a great partnership that we have nationwide, and I think a lot of people don't really realize that, that you know, it's available. I know. I remember uh, the first time I saw on there, I was looking at a book and reading the description, and it read, recorded by... Um, I forget the state, mm-hmm. uh, but I was like, awesome. I didn't know they were doing this mm-hmm. now. Yep, because I know Ron, um, our uh, producer of those books, is usually quite busy with a lot of people coming in, and we even have one person here in South Carolina who is an author, and she actually records her own books. Um, so it's, it's really a great program. Uh, so as we are wrapping up, are there any kinds of additional projects you're working on maybe you'd like to share? One project that I've been working on for years since it's been uh, back here in South Carolina is Newsline. Mm, Newsline, yeah. And I really enjoy that service. You can access Newsline through your regular landline or cell phone. There's a NFB Newsline mobile app that is free. Mm-hmm. You just need your credentials to log in. You can also get signed up through the state library here as well if you are a patron of the services. So you can call the state library as well as the Commission for the Blind and get signed up for the service. But now you can also access Newsline through your Alexa devices. Hmm. And that is uh, nice. That's relatively new within the past six to eight months. Mm-hmm. And they're still working the bugs out of it, of course. It's new software. And you can also download your reading material to your NLS player as well on the cartridge and listen to it on there. Wow. And you can get TV listings for people hunting a job through the phone. Mm -hmm. You can look for jobs either five miles from your home location, or if you plan to move, you can look up jobs 50 miles away, even wow. in another state. That's amazing. Do you know who um, who does Newsline? Is it a company just called Newsline? The company is actually the National Federation of the Blind. Oh, okay. I didn't of, realize that. Out of Baltimore, Maryland. That's what the NFB Newsline is for, National Federation of the Blind. I got gotcha. you. And the commission actually pays the service. Okay. Several years ago, unfortunately, they were looking for budget cuts, Mm -hmm. and our radio reading program got cut. But in turn, we got NFB Newsline, which was here before in South Carolina, but due to funding issues, it had to be cut. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's been back now. This is 2019, I think either six or seven years. And that's one of my favorite projects that I continuously work on and Mm -hmm. enjoy promoting. And last fall, uh, the previous director, Sandy Knowles, she asked if I would write a blurb for uh, Connect the Dots newsletter. Mm -hmm. 
and I sent her an email after three months and thanked her for doing this because we we got close to 50 new subscribers because of that blurb in the newsletter. Wow, that's great. That was awesome. That is wonderful. Yeah, we're always looking to get the word out and make sure that folks know about Talking Book Services. And you can, the easiest way is just to Google South Carolina Talking Book Service and uh, we will pop up and you can certainly find out more there. Um, So thank you so much for being with us today and talking about all of this. Thank you so much for having me here today, Curtis. I've enjoyed it. And thank you to our listeners. You can find Library Voices SC on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio or add us on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast website address is libraryvoices.podbean.com. We love hearing from our listeners, so please send us your comments and suggestions for future topics. Library Voices SC is the official podcast of the South Carolina State Library. And until next time, this is Curtis Rogers. Thanks for listening.